Welcome to the Creation Grounds Podcast, where we break down the success, habits, and the life of people in creative fields, discover how they've gotten to where they are, what they aspire to be, and how you can live your dreams too. Let's get to the show. I'm excited to welcome our next guest. He's hilarious. He's a UConn alum. He's a Morehouse man, and he's on this podcast. His name is Philip A.J. Smithy. Hello. So, yo, yo. What is so, up? Tell us the story of how you knew you'd become an actor. Oh, well, you know, that's uh, that's not a really good story. Like, I was literally sitting in the back of my mom's van at age five, and I made two promises to myself. My first promise was that I would never toilet paper someone's house. Okay. And my second promise was that I would become an actor when I grew up. Okay. That's so weird. Where did that connection come from? Well, the toilet papering was because I saw it through the neighborhood during Halloween, and I thought that was me. Right. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) And the acting, I just think I was always the performer. Like, I was always trying to entertain people. And so I knew very early on that I liked, you know, being in front of people and and acting crazy. So I I just thought, like, oh, that's what I'll do. I don't know. I don't know why I felt like I... Are you the youngest? Do you have siblings? But hmm? are you are you uh, the youngest child? Do you have no, no, I got there's four of us. I'm the second. OK, cool. Yeah. OK. And from where are you from originally? You're from originally from Dallas, Texas. Yeah. Born in Dallas. Dallas. OK, so North Dallas. Texas. And you um, travel from Dallas to go to Morehouse. So how did you get to Morehouse and eventually Yukon? Generational. See, my father went to Morehouse. Um, mm-hmm. and, uh, he graduated, I think from the class of 76. So, you know, my father always spoke, uh, very highly of his experience at Morehouse and how it really helped shaped him into, into a man. And I, uh, and I was very much wanting to be an actor already, but there was also a part of me that really wanted to mature into myself and to know myself better. And that's something that Morehouse absolutely gave me. I, you know, I was more submersed in, in, uh, culture and adulthood in those four years than I had ever been, you know, before. And it was great. It was a great experience. Um, and then, of course, Atlanta is a city of art. So my art grew there as well. And that's why I decided that I would like to continue my education because I learned enough to know that there was a lot that I didn't know. <laughs> and so right. that's why I decided, like, you know, why don't I further my education as an actor so I can be uh, the strongest uh, uh, professional possible. Yeah. And, and that's when, that's how I found UConn. Yeah. Cool. And uh, it's a great program. A lot of great professors there. Absolutely. And, um, it's where I met you. When were you introduced to martial arts? Martial art. Well, that's another passion. I think martial arts and acting really came at the same time. It was also five years old. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, been... I used to, I used to uh, run around watching the show called karate cat. And I would go, okay. Karate Cat, hiya! And, uh, and, just, and all my favorite movies were all action movies and Jackie Chan movies. Jackie oh. Chan? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah he's he's drunks, dope. Uh, Drunken Master, Drunken Master 2. Uh, uh, what is it? Super Cop, Super Cop. That was Super the Jackie Cop. Chan movie right there. Yes. That's yeah. dope, too. So, so you got love for um, Jet Li, too? Oh, or yeah. Just... Jet Li's the man. I love Jet Li. Uh, what was it? When he did Lethal Weapon 4. That was amazing. Uh, he also did, um, what's it called? He also, oh, The One. 
Oh. Yeah, I will be the one. I am your love. I am nobody's bitch. You are mine. I will be the one. It's the best okay. line in that movie, man. Yes. So you're based in L.A. now. You come from Dallas, made your way to Atlanta, to Connecticut, and now you're in L.A. For anybody that wants to move to L.A. because they want to act, what are three tips that you know now that you wish you knew coming in that will benefit any newcomers coming in? The the first one is the most important, and I will say uh, establish your community. I'll say that right away. Like uh, L.A. is a hard place to live, just like any major city, especially. But um, L.A. can feel like a very lonely place, and you can feel like you can just there, because there's so much here. You can kind of get caught up in anything if you don't have like your sense of community, your friends. Maybe your acting class, your work, your workshop space that you go to. Find that first because that's what's going to keep you, you know, going more than anything mm-hmm. else. And that's what's going to keep you, like, invested and, and, and hungry uh, and, and working. You know, those are going to be people, those are gonna be the people that you hopefully work with, like, 10 years in the future, 20 years in the future when you've established yourself. There are going to be those people. You're gonna, it's going to be the same people, the people that you started with. And some of them will leave, but some of them are going are gonna to stay long haul, and you guys will be making art together. Uh, second thing, <laughs> if you, and this is if you have a car. Like, deal with the car issues right away. That means, like, register it to Los Angeles. You know, make sure you have that L.A. driver's license. Uh, make sure that you are paying attention to every street sign. The car, you know, it's such a big expense. A car is, like, the biggest financial issue that anyone has to deal with. And my saying is, if you haven't been towed yet, then you haven't lived in L.A. long enough. Because everyone... <laughs> Everyone goes through. I've had my car towed away just after a party. I just got out of the hot tub, and I'm feeling all good, and I'm all relaxed. And then I'm like, all right, here. No, I parked here. No, I did. did I park here? I parked here, right? No, no, no. I probably just left on the other street. Bing, 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 bing. No, nothing, nothing. Gone. That's what happened. Oh, man. That's what happened. So that's the, that's the second thing. Deal with the logistics immediately. Don't think you don't try to put it off or wait or something to think, oh, wait till I get some money. No, make sure you come in with the money to deal with the car shit right away because they will get you on that. Parking tickets add up, then they tow it, then all that stuff. It's just not worth it. It, It's enough to send you home almost dealing with that. Yeah. (laughs) And the the third thing I will say is uh, is, um, find balance. I think you have to be equally you know i think you have to put in all as much time as you are into um into working on towards something as you are like on yourself you can't spend 24 7 just trying to be an actor you have to spend some of that time just going to the beach just you know going to uh going to the movies just enjoying life it's the only way you're going to make it because you will burn out right because it doesn't not everything's going to hit right away it like it's true. Yeah, you know, and it's different for everybody, but sometimes it's uh sometimes it's a long, long journey to getting to where you want to be. For sure. Those are great um tips. You mentioned finding your community as your first one. Mm-hmm. Are there is there like a practical resource? Is there like a um like a meetup group or something that people can go to, a website? How'd you find your community? Did you just like was it just from being in in the mix or did you like go on 
meetup.com or when I got my first my very first job out here I was a host at a restaurant um, that closed down and I, one of the other hosts was this guy who told me he was trying to start the sketch comedy group and you know I was like hungry I wanted to do everything so I just said like yeah sure I'd love to join and um, those people they were all from Colorado for whatever reason even though they didn't all know each other initially but they all ended up somehow being from Colorado and um, they just met up and they became my friends and they became my family and they became my work group and they became my therapists and they became my, you know, like they became my roof when I needed right. one. They, they became everything to me. And it was, uh, and it was such a huge leg up to get to have that. Um, and I can't imagine uh, what it would have been like if I was just felt, if I felt like I was just out here kind of alone. Um, maybe working the day job, then coming home and not really having like anyone that I can share my dreams with or what I want to do with. Um, and also, and but the thing is, there's so many groups in Los Angeles that are geared towards every single want or need or hobby or anything. There's people, there's groups for, there's like groups that meet to play softball or dodgeball or you know, trampoline, football, anything. There's groups that meet up for any activity you want. And you can literally just type online, like, you know, a recreational, like, sweater knitting group. And they're there. The L.A. has, they have everything. So, and you'll look up the sweater knitters, and you'll just, like, go meet with them, and they'll become your people. If you guys okay. click like that, there's, there's, there's plenty of ways. But you have to be active, and you have to say, like, hey, you have to be open to, uh, you know, Meet some new folks, and there's lots of new folks out here to meet. But that's also why you want to make sure that your community is people that are uplifting you and inspiring you to do what you came here to do. You know, that sure. solidarity is very helpful. Yeah, building your tribe. So yeah. with, within the community of comedy, I know there's a lot of community there. So how important is laughter and humor to you, and why? Laughter is essential. I don't think anyone can live without laughter. I think everyone has to laugh because, like I said, life has to be in balance. And there's still plenty of – I mean, regardless if someone tells a joke or not, you know, someone's, something sad is still going to happen, right? Like you're going to go through life and life is going to hit you hard at times, and you have to laugh so you can create balance. It can't just be – it can't be all negative. It can't be all hard. Sometimes you have to have great moments of – softness and joy and people need laughter and if you don't have it you won't be able to you won't be able to keep doing this because it'll be too frustrating it'll be too difficult yeah so so what do you find funny personally i find like i find anything ridiculous funny i think i love dry humor i love slapstick humor i love uh absurd humor i love subtle humor i um and like I love truth, I think, because I think all those types of humor still come from very honest places, depending on who you are. I have I know a guy who's extremely hyper, extremely energetic, and he is hilarious to me because it's honest, and he can't help it. And I know people that like are very deadpan, that barely like raise their voice a decibel when they're speaking, <laughs> and. They're equally hilarious just because it's like it's so it's just them. So I think that's I think I think everyone finds the same stuff funny. If you but that 
thing that they're seeing is something that's honest about a person or a situation, even if the situation itself is not is not truth is not being truthful. There's some sort of truth in it. If that so that doesn't that's that's, that didn't make any sense. I just that's a didn't fortune make, cookie right sense. there, man. This plastic, I said. Yeah. So um, you're great with dramatic material, too, and this kind of goes into what you were saying earlier with everything's a balance. So sometimes you have happy moments, sometimes you have sad moments. Um, within dramatic material, how are comedy and drama similar or and different to you at all? Uh, let's see. Well, you know, com all stories basically started from the same perspective. I think theater started... Um, with the purpose of teaching religion or 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 um, teaching something so because like all all forms are they're all to show to teach or to entertain right if we take like the purpose of all you know theater show teach entertain um, and so um, I think I think they all do the same thing in teaching you something they teach you how to deal with situations they teach you about people teach you about what people are really like or what certain people do in situations. And then you reflect that on yourself with like what you would do in any situation. I think comedy is much more difficult because to me, um, drama is more how we in general react to things. Like that's what makes it, that's what makes some drama hard to watch is because it's so like honest, like something, something happens and you react to it like in the way, that is your that's so instinctive and i think comedy comes from a different instinct it comes from a more rebellious instinct to do the different thing you know someone tells you bad news and when you when you like smile instead of frown that's comedy because it's you fighting like the impulse would be to frown but comedy says i'm going to smile instead and yeah, uh, so and that's and that's some, there's something jarring about that that we really connect with, you know. I dig that, man. I've never heard it been put that way, so that's that's real. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, tell us how humor has helped you personally in a difficult situation. I mean, humor always helps me in difficult situations. Uh, we get disappointed all the time. I, a friend of mine uh, just um, did not get a interview that they had been going for for a job and uh you know that's really hard because they're not an actor and so they don't audition every day and so they said to me that like i can't do what you do every day feeling like i'm going for something and getting rejected because after i know after i want it so badly and everyone deals with that and sometimes in some way or another and like you know you basically we react by just making fun of it instead of feeling how hard it is we just pretend like we just make we make fun of the situation we make light of it uh, in spite of itself and we use it you know i and i'll and i'll say this is a true story uh, my father my father actually passed away when i was in high school and i remember thinking to myself like you know how horrible the day was and how sad i felt and i remember at the memorial when there was a guy singing, you know, in memory of my father, he had this beautiful voice, but he had this crazy mullet. And I'm sitting in the front row 
and he's singing with this mullet, and he looks at me, and he's like, come on to me. Oh, and my God. And I was like, don't look at me. Don't look at me. I, will, I wanted to burst out laughing. And that's at, you know, my father's memorial. Like, yeah. the most inappropriate time to be laughing. Or is it? Or is it the perfect time to be laughing, to be using, like, humor to, like, find joy in life? I think, I mean, it's just, it's, just, it's always Did going to be there. Did you end up laughing? Or I held it in out of respect for him. But okay. I looked over at my siblings, and we were all, like, about to die. We're like, dude, hom homie with the mullet needs to calm down. Like, he is looking so hard at us right now. <laughs> that's hilarious i still remember him like but he you know he made he made he made my day he made my day would not have been would not like to think that there is someone who could make me laugh on that day didn't know didn't know that was possible didn't know it yeah. was even possible for for that to happen and who's the last comedian that made you laugh either in the theater or on film tv Ooh, who do you really yeah. like i'm a huge fan of bill burr yeah, you know, I like John Mulaney a lot too. Um, who else does I watch? I think I watched the last stand-up um, special I watched was uh, Baby Cobra Ali Wong. That was hilarious. Um, I don't know. Like, I mean, everyone loves Louis C.K. too. I'm I'm kind of more general with my comedians. I wish I I should follow some kind of up-and-comers a little closer, but I don't like even when I do. If I don't remember everyone's name, people are like, "Oh, hey, how you doing?" And I'm like, "Hey," <laughs> like, and that's I'm, I have to fix that because I'm sure some of these people are going to be like blowing up soon, and I'm going to be like, "Oh yeah, I, uh, I know you." What's your I, name again? Yeah, what's your name again? Yeah, I'll be wishing I knew some of, them, some of these people. And how did you personally get introduced to stand up? Do you still do it? I still do stand-up um, from time to time. For me, stand-up was a challenge that I made myself. Like, I, I feel like I'm a storyteller, and I feel like I'm an actor, and I want to do other things that can be, um, that can prove, to, that can challenge myself. Or challenge, I wanted to challenge myself. And stand-up was one of those great challenges. It's like, you know, you're up there, you're alone, there's no script, there's no... Uh, nothing to lean on. There's no costumes. It's just you talking and entertaining an audience, which is how I started. That's like when I was five. That's what I was doing. I was running around talking to you know my mom's friends and my and my family and trying to make them laugh. And so it felt like it was necessary to to do um, in order to feel like I uh, was you know that performer that I was trying to be. It's a great teacher. It's a great teaching tool. You learn. A lot about yourself when you do stand up because stand up material has to come from such an honest place. Right. Um, even if the stories you're telling aren't true, which I think is a cleaner way of what I was trying to say before. Um, even if what you're saying isn't true, it has to come from an honest place. And stand up right. really teaches you to do that. And uh, uh, and that's why it's so valuable. You know, I think I think improv is kind of valuable in that way too because it teaches you to be open and to listen and a lot of people aren't used to doing that necessarily because so many of us are in our own heads about what's happening with us that we actually forget as we get older how to like really listen and respond to people that's real improv can do that improv can help you do that and you'll find a lot of joy 
in that too. So stand up and I, I I think everyone. I don't think it should just be actors um, that do stand up. I think everyone like who is like hey. I don't know, man. Everyone doing stand up. I don't know, man. I mean, not maybe not professionally. You know what I mean? Like you know, maybe not every (laughs) night at the club. Maybe not like for money. Some people don't need to do it for money. Right. But it's a. I mean, I think everyone should do it. I think everyone should have. I think everyone should do stand up or improv at least once in their life, and I think everyone should wait tables. Just to like, I think Bro. those two things, you know, like just, just to understand, like just to understand people or understand yourself a little better, you know. Yeah, it gives you a thick skin, waiting tables for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, definitely did that for a while. Like a, so, man, you're 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 um you're doing a lot right now. You booked a bunch. What tell us about your latest bookings and what you got going on right now? Uh, the show Switched at Birth is re premiering season five in late January, early February, and um, I'll be playing the character of Keyshawn, uh, who's a college student, uh, goes to the same school as, uh, as Daphne, and, and, um, and I'm excited to, you know, Keyshawn has a message, and he's got a perspective, and he's going to be, he's going to be sharing that perspective with these family and with these, these people, and so it's really powerful, like, there's some really powerful moments and really powerful stories that I think are very relevant to what is what's always happening uh, in our society, and and um, you know, it's just a great, just a great story to be, and it's a necessary story to be told. Uh, when does that air? Do you know? Do you have information on that yet? I think uh, I think it's going to be on. I don't know, like whatever the whatever February seventh, fourteenth, twenty first, whatever the whatever days of the week those days are. That's the days. Mm-hmm. Those are the days that the show comes on. So, um, cool. February 7th, I believe, is my very first appearance. Yeah. Cool. Any uh, stand-up, any other projects, or just the uh, that one? You can catch me on, you can catch me on open mics. I have, I wish I had more information. For, I do have a couple um, other projects coming out. Uh, you will be able to catch me on The Great Indoors, uh, starring Joel McHale and Chris Vermins Plus. Um, and uh, it's a great show. It's very funny. Um, it's a great multicam comedy. And uh, yeah, everybody should check it out. Everybody definitely check it out. I'll probably I'll be on it hopefully end of February, early March. Cool. Anything else you want to kind of plug? Any shout outs or you? Uh, is that all you got going on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I want to give a shout out. Well, shout out to Secondhand Smog, um, my group, my sketch comedy group. You can watch their videos online at YouTube, Secondhand Smog. Um, I also want to give a special congratulations to one of the leaders. Of Secondhand Smog, Brian Rodriguez, who has just gotten engaged, as well as one of the original members of Secondhand Smog, Grayson Lewis, who has also just gotten engaged. That I love them and I'm very proud of both of them. Colorado is getting it in with the oh, marriage, man. Right? <laughs> They're getting it in. <laughs> Where can we uh, contact you? Social media, websites, yeah. Twitter, Instagram. Hit me on the gram. I think my I think uh, Phil Lotus Phil underscore Otis, that's Phil of the United States. Um, that's my Instagram. You can probably find me. Facebook, Philip uh, AJ Smithy. Not really messing with Twitter, but if I am on Twitter, it's probably S Smithy S N ten. That's S M I T T Y S N one zero. And uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. 
My social security mm-hmm. number is no, it's fine. Let's not do that. Let's not let's not do that. <laughs> well, well, bro, it's been a pleasure talking to you. I actually learned a lot from this and um it's you know, I hope a lot of other people do as well. That's it for this episode of the Creation Ground. I'm your host, Aaron Lloyd. Be sure to check out our Instagram for future and previous guest info and check out our YouTube channel in the show notes below. Email us with any suggestions at thecreationgrounds at gmail.com. And if you got something out of this, I'd really appreciate if you spread the word and the love. Until next time, this is Aaron Lloyd telling you that the sky is the limit. Stay creative.